Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a spectacular week. Denise and I are just having one of our little chatty shows, I guess you could call it, because we realize this month marks the five-year anniversary of doing Enlightened Empaths, and I think we were both shocked to discover that. I was beyond shocked. I, when I looked at the numbers, I thought, you know, my expletive, expletive, how could it possibly be five years already? Time does seem to be going by faster, for one, don't you think? I do. I mean, I think with when we get into the pandemic and all the other things going on that have been happening these last several years, plus so many people coming into their own with feeling more connected to their intuition or their empathy or their sensitivity. It's been an interesting five years. Yeah, it really has. And I feel like when we started the show, empath wasn't even a buzzword or a commonly, well, I don't want to say it wasn't a commonly known word because clearly it was, but it wasn't as widely recognized as I feel it is now. No, it wasn't. Because I remember when we went back and forth about trying to come up with what do we want to have this be called? What do we want to and, and empath kept coming up. And that's why we chose that. And then we 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 went through a lot of choices before we got to enlightened. Yeah. We did. <laughs> it took a while. And I I hope I think we explained on the first episode that we're not enlightened empaths. No. We're trying to be enlightened empaths and we're trying to do it together with listeners. Exactly. And it ties up all the things that we're all going through. You know, when we first started this, the goal was to bring together community, to offer resources, to hold space for each other. And it's really, it's been an amazing gift to be able to do this for so long. Yeah, it really has. And we couldn't do it without all of our listeners. And I think our goal was and still is to create this sense of community, to create this feeling that, you know, we're not alone going through these emotional experiences and roller coasters of ups and downs that that there is a community out there. Right. When we started this, how it's evolved and grown into parents of empaths and Growing up, and we've, brought, we've just brought in so many fascinating people that have shared their insights. I've enjoyed that so much to have the, the privilege to talk to so many, you know, pretty well-known folks. And it's sobering, isn't it? It's very humbling. Oh, it is. And I I always got so nervous. I think I was the most <laughs> nervous to interview Anadea Judith, the, the chakra lady, <laughs> I should call her who wrote, I think, kind of the the quintessential book on working with your chakras. That was that was huge. I was so excited to talk to her. And then I think we were both nervous to talk to John Holland. Right. But everyone has been gracious and kind and open, which is what we're trying to do with this. Not only, I think we're all stumbling a little bit right now. And when we have people come on that are sharing their wealth of knowledge or their background or their their insights it helps us all realize we have that within as well yeah I agree we've had Dr. Orloff on twice 
I think we probably got the most response from Michelle Belanger's episode on the psychic vampire and the, and the positive side of being a psychic energy person. I found that interview really interesting. Did you? Well, it was. And I think that there's been a, a wide range, which is nice. So someone may have really resonated with Anna Day of Judith and said, oh my goodness, this is incredible. I've read her books. I've followed her for years. And then someone else might have said, but I'm really interested in the psychic vampirism or something else. And they'll be more drawn towards what Michelle shared. So it's been a wide range, which has been great. Yeah, I agree. I loved our two episodes with Richard Webster, his most recent one about angels. And we had Dougal Frazier on talking about angels and guides as well. That was a lot of fun. The Astro Twins, weren't they so kind? (laughs) They were. They were, and they were fun. And see, I think what I've loved the most is when the guests are just, and this is subjective for an odd choice of words, but they're just normal, regular people. They're Mm -hmm. they're easy to talk to. It's like having a conversation with a friend and it's not stiff and stilted. And I, I love that. I absolutely love that. I do too. And we had Echo Bodine on a couple of times and her brother, Michael Bodine, and some of their stories still crack me up when I think about them. <laughs> Remember like some of the, the uh, let's see, how should I word it? The romantic ghost stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a nice, nice choice of words. Uh, and Thanks. and that's, you know, that though they're, they're again, they're people that so many of us have read and followed and listened to for so many years to bring them together in our community has been such a gift. Uh, And then we've had a Terry Cole with the boundary boss and Lisa Campion coming on. And these are, it's just so many amazing. And when we started implementing people that, that may not have been as well known, but had just as strong a message. And I think that's so, so important to remember mm-hmm. is that it's not always how many Instagram likes you have or followers. It's about what you're sharing from your heart and how you're choosing to show up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think it's been such a just such a thrill, you know, to be able to introduce people to some of the lesser known people that are doing wonderful things in this world. I agree. And I mean, there's there's such a, a variance, but we're all. Well, I hope it's coming across that way. We're we're trying to promote and encourage everyone to step more fully into embracing their empathy and their compassion and their understanding of themselves and their environment. And when you think about this stuff, oh my gosh, how to protect yourself? How to use tarot cards? How to you know what to expect in the dream world and. It's just, there are so many damn topics. (laughs) I know we never, ever run out, which is fantastic. We've done a lot of shows on numerology and tarot and crystals, but also just a lot of shows about helping others connect with their inner truth, their inner self, and not be afraid to share that. I recently got back from the Edgar Cayce ARE conference, and I was doing a presentation on the awake dreamer and the magic awaiting in your dreams. And so, you know, you guys know me, I always use my story and things that have happened to me kind of as a teaching tool. Mm -hmm. So I'm up there on the stage and I'm talking about, 
the divorce and my breast cancer and all, you know, the sh- Mike shooting and dreaming of that before it happened. And, and it's just a part of my story. Right. And afterwards I get off the stage and people are coming up to say hello. And, and this one person came up and said, thank you so much for, for being so authentic and, and sharing all that, all that stuff. And they said it like, I don't know, kind of like, not, not like it was a bad thing, but kind of shocked. And it made me go, Oh, like, do I overshare? And I always think about that on this podcast, but then we get emails that say like, you know, thank you for sharing your truth and thank you for being so honest. And I just wonder what you think about that, Denise, because I don't know, to me, it's like just a part of, it's just a part of me and and to not share it almost feels dishonest, but I don't know. What do you think? I I agree. And I don't think you overshare. I've never, ever once. And I think for both of us being pretty private people, low key, and not needing to be, hey, look at me. There's there's a fine line that you walk when you put yourself out on something like this. And people feel they know you because of that. I mean, people Mm -hmm. have been listening to our stories and our conversations for all these years. And it's a wonderful gift, but it's also, it can be a little unsettling sometimes when people know your story and you don't know theirs. Right. Maybe that's it. That's so true. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I've had um, my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, we've started that, oh gosh, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago. And so people were coming up to me after that talk and saying, I loved the episode you did with your daughter, Olivia. I feel like I've known her since she was three years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? That So that's, that's always an interesting part of it. But then this morning I wanted to share this email I received because I think it sums up why you and I do the show. And so a listener said, I know you don't realize this, But Denise, Deb, and you have been my best friends throughout the past several months as I'm going through my own spiritual awakening. I've had so many emotions and have no one who understands it. I don't have a tribe and I hate social media. I had to take a long break from everything while trying to figure things out. I'm still trying. Thank you for being there through those dark times. It's hard to go through this alone. Oh, yeah. And don't you think that just kind of puts the period on what we're trying to say of just thank you. And we're all in this together and this is why we're doing it. Yes. Yes, I really do. And it's for, for many of us, it seems our default position is to maybe stay a little isolated or to ourselves or not feel we have community, whether it's because of our, you know, cultural restraints or geography or that we're in a, a job that doesn't allow us to truly share certain aspects of of who we might be but if we can find that community in this group and with each other it makes it feel a little safer to be here yes exactly exactly and sometimes you just have to put yourself out there in that community you know with my kids back at school now um, on all those parents' Facebook pages, you know, like there's there's a parents page for each school. And I can't tell you how many parents are posting on these different college pages 
Uh, my son called me crying last night. My daughter FaceTimed me. She's not meeting anyone. Anyone have any advice? And and I'm reading all of these posts and thinking, oh my gosh, like it's it's hard to start anything new, whether it's a spiritual awakening or a first day at a job or heading off to college. It's just hard. And all these lovely parents are responding with, you know, you just have to fake it until you make it. Or you've got a one lady said. Tell tell them to order three large pizzas and just leave them open in the common room and, and wait for everyone to come in. But all of these posts just reminded me of how no matter what it is we're starting, whether it is just starting to embrace our empathy and our intuition, or if it's something even scarier in the moment, like a like a new school or a new job, we do have to put ourselves out there. It's I just do think it's very, very important for us to kind of walk through those those fearful barriers until we do find our community. They're not going to come knocking on your door. Very, very well said. And a positive in, I guess, you know, internal optimist, a positive in the last few years is that we have become more interconnected through Zoom, through uh, online presence, through, I mean, you and I have both met people we never, ever would have met because of that. So it's yeah. opened up this whole world for us to connect with one another in a way that we probably never would have even five years ago when we started this. Yeah, it's so true. And you've got to follow your gut and your intuition and your instincts with that too. I mean, when you and I first met, I just plopped myself down next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Asked you to go to lunch with me on the break. Yeah. And voila, here we are five years yeah. later. Uh, it's, Aren't you so happy? <laughs> I, I am actually. I mean, in a, in a sense, it changed both of our lives in a very different way. I mean, five years ago, that was a big deal. I had it was when I was on vacation from school. I'd gone down. I mean, there was so many things involved with that that it was just a different time in both of our lives. Our kids were much younger. Our um, it, it's so fun to to have this as a benchmark to and to look through. The different episodes and remember where we were at that point in our lives and to see how this has unfolded with topics and thoughts and just as you said earlier being an empath is now un, up so much more understood and valued yeah exactly and i think it's i think it's just the tip of the iceberg like i think we're all just starting to come to this realization that there's so much more than our five senses. I'm always surprised and excited to see young people approach us, um, people that you just wouldn't think would be involved or interested in this community. You know, we have, I mean, people who have just come out of basic training or fighting in the Marines and they're like, I'm an empath and I'm having all these experiences. And I just think it's so beautiful that so many different types of people are realizing there's a safe place where they can talk about this and learn about it and start to embrace their, their true selves. So just, you know, because I, I like to think about things is, and we've said this a lot on the show about the little tiny people coming in are so wide open there. You know, I ran into a person who's down swimming at the river and ran into a woman I used to work with and she's still in the school district and she just became a grandmother. She was talking about her, her new grandson. And we started talking about developmental milestones and how these babies are coming in so aware and over and over and over, I keep hearing parents or grandparents or guardians say, 
it's just that this baby has such an old soul energy. This baby is so aware. This baby is so connected. So is this whole thing that we've all been going through, have we been paving the way to get ready for them? And they're here to really help us get through these next times that are coming. I think so. You know, I've been reading this book called Breakthrough to Creativity, and it's written by a psychiatrist in the 1960s. And she was doing the bulk of her research in the late 50s and early 60s before she published the book. And the whole book is about her trying to find legitimate ethical intuitives and put them in a laboratory environment where she can kind of test them and, and just understand like what is going on. And so she started to find people who were hiding their intuition, you know, like not talking about it because nobody really was back then. And she finds all these really intelligent people. One is a CEO, two are ambassadors. I don't know how she knows two ambassadors, but she does. And several are colleagues of hers who are also doctors. There's a surgeon in there. There's, and none of them will let her use their last name. And so mm -hmm. she'll talk about Vicky, last name, you know, removed, is a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, or Dr. Philip, who was not comfortable using his last name, has this ability to blah, blah, blah. And I was just reading this book this whole week, and I was thinking, wow, like how far we have come where now we have Dr. Edmund Alexander, Dr. Bernie Siegel, you know, there's so many doctors who are perfectly comfortable stepping forward and saying, this has happened to me, or I'm having these experiences. And, you know, that book was published in 1967. In the world of history, that's not that long ago. Right. And right. now look how far we've come. So imagine what it's going to be like when these little people coming into the world are our age, it's going to be hopefully very common to talk about this stuff and have a ready-made available spiritual community that you can link in with. Oh, I love that thought. That's very hopeful. And, and it is interesting when you look back at the historical, in 1967 was basically a different planet compared to now, but how people needed to protect themselves. And we're still, for many, that's still the case, that it's not, it may not be prudent to say, oh, by the way, I sense things, I know things, I feel things. So, you know, I, I you know, everybody who's listening to this knows I ramble on about um, brain chemistry and synapses firing and all that stuff because it, it fascinates me and I think it's interesting and uh, it was my background for a long, long time. And I was reading an article on, uh, actually I was doing quite a bit of reading on uh, mental illness versus channeling because they did these all these tests on people who were saying they were channeling from higher dimensions and all of these things. And it was fascinating that on traditional mental health scales, they, they tested higher than the normal range, but well below what would be considered a mental illness. And I thought that's been an uphill battle for so many people, so many empaths, so many intuitives, so many seers is, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was looking at the dates on the stuff I was reading, and it was based back in a time where this would have been conceived as mental illness. It would have been seen as, oh, you're hearing voices in your head. You're schizophrenic. So right. I, I, I just think the fact that we've reached that place where, you know, now we have renowned people talking about the mind-body connection and health and wellness and trusting your intuition. 
it it's absolutely amazing. It is amazing. I mean, I just did research on a meet the Brazilian medium Chico Xavier, mm-hmm. and they thought he had epilepsy. They thought he had uh, he was possessed at one point. They thought he was having seizures. They, I mean, they tried so many ways to explain away his amazing ability to do automatic writing and and channel these famous poets and artists and other mediums and and deceased loved ones. And he died, you know, not too very long ago. And yet, you know, here we are now where we're doing scientific research into channeling. I mean, I think one of the directors for the Noetic Institute wrote a book on it. Mm -hmm. And so I do think we're coming far. However, comma, if I did hear a voice, (laughs) I still would freak out. I just want to put that out there to the world of spirit. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not your girl. And not going into Claire audience, huh? Not, uh. <laughs> no, not doing it. I was reading about the people who wrote um, the woman who channeled the Course in Miracles. There's so little information on her. Have you ever tried to research about how she channeled that book? Yeah, it's, it's pretty incognito. It really is, and I'm like, come on, Google. But supposedly she was an atheist, and they were she and some friends at Columbia, I think, University were doing some research into all of this uh, woo-woo stuff. And she started hearing the voice of Jesus. I am not an atheist. I am probably the farthest thing from an atheist. And still, Denise, if someone was like, Samantha, this is Jesus Christ. I'd be like, no, no. (laughs) Archangel Michael, tell him to get behind me. I, I couldn't do it. I can, I can hear my kids right now if they were listening to this, which they're not, but I could hear them if they were going, boomer. <laughs> oh, goodness. And so as a positive, there are old empaths, there are young empaths, there are, it's that old Dr. Seuss book. And some are old and some are new and some are, bar- <laughs> what is it? Uh, one, what was it? Red fish, blue fish from Dr. Seuss. Anyway. See, I'm so glad that that's still holding space in the memory banks, right? Yes. But moving forward from here, and I think that that's now that we have as a community, we've we've built this beautiful world together, which is it's fun. It's really fun to hear. And when we do the community connection shows and we hear, you know, your stories, your questions, when we've done the dream shows and just those are the, the things that just touch my heart to think. Wow. Remember way, way, way back when we started this and we talked about there's someone that's going to hear this that will need to hear what we're saying. And and to be able to turn on, and I had equated it to a radio because I am definitely a boomer, um, turning on radio and hearing that when there's been times in your life when you felt so alone or misunderstood or frightened, or is there anybody out there that understands the way that I'm feeling right now? And if we've done that, I mean, you shared that beautiful, beautiful note, but if anyone has experienced that, then this has made every bit of this so important and worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And I think, or I should say, I hope what it's done too is motivate other people to feel comfortable sharing their own thoughts and feelings. Because one thing I know I did for years and still sometimes do 
is I'll feel something, I'll pick up something intuitively and I won't share it because I'm afraid of being judged in the moment. And I'm trying really hard because that's a very fine line ethically, don't you think? When, mm-hmm. you, when you do feel something, you, there's sometimes it's not the right time to share it and you just need to zip it and, you know, say a prayer or a blessing for them instead. But there are times when I do think we need to speak up and speak out and, and speak our truth. And that's something I'm I'm really working on. And I hope that this podcast has helped other people to start to recognize those moments in, in their life where they're thinking, this isn't coming from me. This is coming through me and it needs to be shared. Whether that's a podcast, a book, a painting, uh, a new business, or just reaching out to a new friend. I, I hope that this podcast has inspired people to do those beautiful, big, small, and giant leaps of faith in their own life. Right. I think one of the downsides, we have to, we've had all the positives, we have to throw in a, a counterpoint is that because the word empath has become so mainstream and accepted, I feel like in some instances, it's being used as a marketing tool and not an indicator of who someone really is. And like when we did the whole narcissism, narcissist shows, okay, my silly way is like, I want to do the hair flip, I'm an empath. You know, and 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 I and I'm being kind of light about it, but I think as with anything, people will use it to their advantage. Or, and I I want to, I hope that we've always held true the meaning of empath, because really we're lucky to be wired this way. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I posted something on our Facebook page where I said, "What is the best thing about being an empath?" And the responses we got were phenomenal. I mean, we got so many comments of the beautiful ways that being an empath has really affected and, and heightened their life. And I really love seeing that that connection there as well, because there is so much good to it. Now, I'll tell you a downside for me of doing this podcast. People think you and I know everything. We get some questions and I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where <laughs> they'll email us like, why haven't you had so-and-so on? And I'm like, well, maybe because so-and-so is Oprah Winfrey's best friend and w- wouldn't even consider returning our emails <laughs> or I haven't heard of that person or we'll get emails asking us questions about things I've just never even come across. It's a wide, wide range. And plus we've, we've brought in a lot of stuff with being an intuitive, with being in you know, a, a medium. We've talked about so many different things. Well, I'm honored that people think we know so much, but I hope that we are always putting it out there that we are hand in hand right there with you learning. It's, you know, we are not here as educators, you know, we're just here sharing what we do know, what we're learning and what we hope to learn more about. Yes. And that's so important for all of us, I think. When we started this, I think even you and I were still protective of our sensitivity. We were, mm-hmm. we, we talked a lot about how to protect yourself, how to do that. And as this has evolved and grown, it's feeling more, and I hope so many people that are listening or that have been part of this journey with us are feeling the same way that it's really a superpower to be so sensitive. It's it's a much, much and yes, it's it's difficult and you pick everything up, but there's also, we're so lucky to feel 
that depth and connection and love that is it more enhanced? I think it is, or at least I'm going to tell myself that. No, I definitely think it is. And I think when you recognize that you have this, I don't know, I hate to call it an ability. I definitely don't like to call it a gift because I really think 99% of the world is empathic and they just might not know it, right? Or they might not have accepted it or honed it or what have you. Because sometimes we're in situations where life is just hard and we need to push down our feelings to get through whatever it is we're going through. But I think most of us have some form of empathy. And yeah, and some of us, it's a little bit heightened and, and that's great. But once you recognize it and start to work with it, instead of pushing it down or ignoring it or distracting yourself from it, then you can see the gifts it can bring you. And by working with it, I mean, learning when to ground it, when to shield it and block it, and when to open it up and share it. I think that's really, really important. And I think everyone has to do that work on their own and come to their own way of doing it. You know, for me, it's always been a lot of working with the chakras and crystals and doing a lot of psychic protection techniques, but for, but for you or for you or for you, it might be a different way. So I do think the onus is on us to explore different ways of working with our empathy and finding the right path that works for us. Okay. Personal opinion, not using it as an excuse to step fully into who you came here to be. Oops, sorry. Too sensitive, too much of an empath. Can't do that or to judge someone else that might not be as empathic because we're all in this together, whether we are, I think we need that variance a little bit. So you may, I always love when I talk to someone who is very, very empathic, very sensitive, very connected, and then they'll have a partner who is the extreme opposite. And it's almost like that partner works as a tether to keep them grounded and centered. And it's a beautiful balance but it can also be frustrating as all out because you want someone to understand how deeply you feel things and they may not, they may love you exclusively, but they may not be able to understand that depth that you feel things. And it brings more color to the page, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, accepting everyone where they are on their step of the journey. Right. And, and, you know, withholding judgment and thinking, well, you know, maybe you don't understand why I'm feeling so much as I am feeling, but just, just accept that I am feeling this much, you know, and it might be little things like, for example, I can't watch movies where children or dogs are, or any animal is harmed. And yeah, people have laughed at me about that. <laughs> you know, they'll say things like I, well, I did see Marley and me. And that was the last dog movie I, I watched. Cause I was like, Nope, no more. And yeah, people will laugh and be like, you know, you can, you can go like, there was a Channing Tatum movie about a dog and my friends were like, I promise it ends happy. And I was like, I don't know. And so just once I accepted, like, this is who I am and this is my weird little boundary. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, I get it. It's, it's a weird little boundary, but I don't want to watch stuff about sad little animals. No. And I think once we accept who we are, and our quirks and oddities, the people, the naysayers around us, they tend to go away. They just tend to, I don't know, they either will just diminish in the intensity of that relationship or they'll come on board and be like, all right, yeah, that's that's just who he or she is. Right. I want to just take a different track just for a second is that 
away from has... sad little animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't watch it either. I can't. I, it's terrible. I get so upset. Well, it, I think many of our people listening are feeling the same way. It's it's why we have so many little faces in our homes looking at us. Um, but the what what's been concerning me a lot lately, and this does apply because as more people are opening up, I've heard quite a few very ethically concerning situations where people have gone to readers or mediums or healers or intuitives and have had very dark negative experiences. So I guess just my own PSA is if something doesn't feel right, or if someone tells you something that doesn't resonate with you or leaves you in a place of fear, step back, please just take care of yourself because there are some unscrupulous people right now who are preying on kind and empathic folks or people who are trying to get through difficult times. And it, you know, it worries me. It worries me too. It always has. And I'm glad you said that because I know when I started taking classes on intuition and I encountered some negative people like that, I always thought that in order to be intuitive, it meant you were spiritually enlightened, meaning you were ethical and kind and, and on, on the, on the good side. Right. And it mm -hmm. took me years to learn that negative people who don't have your best interest at heart can also be very intuitive. Right. And I wish we could separate that in our vernacular. I do think whenever you hear intuitive, I don't know, a lot of people think of like, like a mystic or a spiritual enlightened teacher or, you know, roomy, I don't know, someone really loving and kind and generous of spirit. And that's not always true. You can be intuitive and not have a, a spiritual drop in you. Right. And I just, I agree. I agree. And that was very well said because it's, um, you know, we, we say this a lot that the, the dark is getting darker and the light is getting lighter. And I think so many of us are trying so hard to stay in that place of light, but just but the bottom line is if it doesn't feel right, no one, no one is that, um, I would say, trust yourself in your own inner knowing. And if something validates it's coming through from someone else, that's great. If it leaves you in a place of fear, unrest, uncertainty, uh, then steer clear. Yeah. Yeah. We got two emails in one week and then I got an email to my account about readers telling them they were going to be alone the rest of their life. Like, and first of all, who would do that? Who would say that to someone, right? right? You, gotta, you gotta think about like, who would say that to someone? And second of all, no. I mean, we get, we get to make choices and it doesn't matter if someone is highly regarded or a best-selling that, or, a, you know, like you said, an Instagram, 500,000 followers, if what they're saying doesn't resonate with you, it's not, it's not your path. Right. And you don't have to own it. And learning to trust yourself that it isn't accurate is really important. I think, especially as, as an empath, a sensitive, or when you and I, you know, what troubles me is what triggered that thought was there was a, a young person who had had that experience, who a friend of theirs reached out to me and said, you know, this happened, this happened, what can I tell her? And, you know, we, we had a back and forth chat and 
I realized that for, for this person in particular, it was her first experience talking to someone of lowering the drawbridge, of being vulnerable. And I agree with you 100%. What gives anyone a right to, to do that to someone else? But equally, anytime, it's always, always about choice and free will. Always. Yeah. And I, I just, we both get very worked up about that one of, is it ethical? Is it morally okay? And I think that for those of us that feel so deeply, that's how we try to navigate our lives. And especially if you're opening up or lowering that drawbridge to let people see who you really are. So hard, so hard to do that and then be slammed like that. But, you know, I also want to say, I think some ethical and spiritually minded intuitives do pass on negative messages like that without any ill intent. They're just not trained enough to understand that what they're picking up is their client's thoughts and fears, not their future. Yes. Excellent point. And that happens a lot. And so that, that reader might've told one of our listeners like, Oh, you're going to be alone forever. And she might've gone, or he might've gone on the rest of his day. Like, I just, you know, I, I don't know how you think you did a good job telling someone that, but, but they might've thought that they were actually getting accurate information when really what they were doing is reading the fears because our fears send out a burst of strong energy throughout our aura. And for a new reader, a new person, or even someone who's been doing this for years and has just never taken time to continue practicing, honing and learning, they might think that's coming from their guides or their soul plan or their Akashic records. And it's not, it's, they're just reading their fears. So always take anything you're picking up about yourself or anything you hear in a reading with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Don't take everything at face value. Exactly. I want to share another happy thought now real quick is that you and I have both offered classes together, classes on our own, and we have made some, met some incredible, incredible people. But my favorite part of that is the people that have met in our classes or our groups that have developed friendships and continue to work together. I absolutely love that. It's the best part. It is the best part. Yeah. And we, and we hear from them from time to time, like, oh, we're still meeting on Zoom on Thursdays, or I just met, I was in business in such and such state and reached out to our, our classmate and we met for coffee. I love that. Right. And it's, it's just another indicator of coming together in community, finding the like-minded people, but also supporting each other on the path, because I'm thinking about this one group and they have met religiously for years now. And they've encouraged each other to start podcasts or to become, you know, open up with this business idea or or put their art out in the world or write a book. And just that encouragement for each other and that support for one another, for people who had never met before. Yeah, and would not have met otherwise. Think of the podcast we've been on from listeners and former students, you know, who are doing amazing, beautiful work. That's yeah. so exciting. And so I think that's the other part that we're hoping is coming through with this is that some episode or something that we're sharing today is encouraging someone else to say, well, I think it's time for me to step up. 
Yeah. I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so too. Step up and, and, and share your light. I read this quote on social media by Anne Lamott that I wanted to share with everyone on what we were just saying. It's pretty well known. So you guys might've heard it, but she says, Oh my God, what if you wake up someday and you're 65 or 75 and you never got your memoir or novel written, or you didn't go swimming in those warm pools and oceans all those years because your thighs were jiggly and you had a nice, big, comfy tummy, or you were just so strung out on perfectionism and people pleasing that you forgot to have a big, juicy, creative life of imagination and radical silliness and staring off into space like when you were a kid. It's going to break your heart. Don't let this happen. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? And I think that's kind of at the heart of of what we're talking about today, about really stepping up and sharing your light and reaching out for someone's hand, either to help them or to ask them to help you. But it's all through connection that we're able to do this show and continue to do this work. And we hope that, like you said, something we said or someone on the show has said has inspired you to live a big, juicy, creative life. That sounds wonderful. Just like a big old juicy peach. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening today and all these years. We so appreciate it. And please remember, if you want to connect with us, you can go to our website, samanthafay.com or Denise's is the grateful messenger.com. You can connect with our community on Facebook, just search enlightened empaths. And if you like the show, tell the friends so we can continue growing our community. And as always, remember to show up, do great work and share your light. Thank you, all of you for listening. Take care.